Welcome everyone to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. I'm your host, Wendy Nystrom. And today we welcome back Irving Sloan of Navigating Gray. Welcome back, Irving. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Anytime. And um, we talked about fractional employees last time, but today we're talking about zip code agents. What are zip code agents? So zip code agents are folks who reside within a specific zip code. And their job really is to capture evidence of what we call socioeconomic impact. Specifically, we're operating in the, the realms of sustainability and social impact. Oftentimes, we talk about these terms at a very high level. And so rather than continue to talk about things at a high level, we want to actually have people in the community to go gather that evidence. And so evidence comes in many different forms. Uh, you know, we talk about climate change and folks talk about, you know, uh, philanthropic efforts that are doing these communities. We always want to know what's the what's the end result. What does it physically look like? Uh, and so that might be, hey, you know what? Um, there's more people in the community using re re reusable bags at the grocery store. There may be more people carrying around kind of these reusable uh, cups, like Yeti cups. Uh, and so um, those are just examples, and that's not the totality of the list of things we capture, but. We're trying to capture tangible evidence that people are changing, not just uh, at a high level, but the small stuff, right? The small stuff, the intangible stuff that uh, you sometimes don't pick up on. And that's, that's actually extremely important because a lot of people, um, when they say they're doing sustainability, they say they're doing, um, you know, focusing on communities and social justice. That's a very broad sweep of information that people are talking about. And this granular data going by zip codes is actually extremely important to see what's actually happening. Because a lot of people are seeing that, that high level view, but until you get out on the field, walk the streets, collect the data, and we can go into how you're collecting data too. Um, you, don't, you just don't know, like are certain communities actually being ignored? Absolutely, you're right. Um... I would say sustainability, social impact, it shows up in different ways in different communities. Um, a lot of times in the kind of the corporate space, uh, whether you're on LinkedIn or you're on any of these social platforms, um, you perceive things a certain way. I can almost assure you that when we get into certain communities and we talk about, hey, have you seen the impact of, you know, this, this firm claims of doing all this social good, have you seen this impact? Yeah. Uh, more than not, the answer is we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they've never seen it. Uh, and so, again, there's things that firms and companies are doing out there. But is it really being uh, is it impactful? Are people recognizing that these things are there? Um, I always joke, uh, you know, how would someone actually find out about a, some community based program that's going on a community? There's not there's no. Uh, uh, email list that's, that's flowing out there. There's no, you know, app, there's no database. How would someone actually find out about those community-based programs, those sustainability type programs? It doesn't exist. At least in my community, it doesn't. And so um, having the context from the ground to support the data that a lot of companies are acquiring is extremely critical. Because as I said in the last podcast, uh, data uh, without the context is very dangerous because people start assuming that certain things are happening until you actually get on the ground floor and talk to the folks. And, and, and a lot of times, more often than not, it's not it's not as, as, as cut and dry. You know, I'm, I'm glad you said getting on the ground floor because um, a lot of times these large. So let's let's even start with the Inflation Reduction Act. Billions of dollars being given to sustainability initiatives. 
This requires grant writing. This requires people to, that are savvy enough to know how to get those funds. Generally, smaller communities don't know how to do that. So a lot of the bigger companies have entire departments dedicated to that. In addition to that, you have companies that are doing photo ops. We're going out to these communities, we're giving back, we're helping, and then they leave. And you don't see that long-term investment. So having people on the ground, having people going out collecting data, you are actually documenting and collecting that information to see if it's happening in the long term and is it staying? Yeah, and I think, you know, all of these things that we talk about are long-term objectives, right? You think about a lot of these folks are, are making a, a carbon-free or clean energy initiatives out to 2050 or to 2030. These are longer-term objectives. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, what's important is that we, we recognize that we've got to measure along that process to make sure we actually are making significant contributions to the entire system, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a very methodical way. We've got to have that feedback on the ground to make sure we can actually get there. So how how are you sending people, your, your sort of uh, force <laughs> out there in the field? So we, we use, again, a fractional employee model um, where we, uh, we basically have an app uh, we go out and we we get people to engage with us and and and, and participate in our in our uh, process. These are local folk based folks, uh, so we get people you know there in the communities. Um, rather than and say have a specifically community engagement person, uh, we actually will kind of cut it up in pieces. So rather than have someone working forty hours, we have a person working four hours, right, four hours a week, and so now we can effectively get ten data points or 10 perspectives as opposed to a single perspective. In addition, because of the way it's structured, we can essentially um, gather those data points at a more a higher frequency. So we get, you know, the data refreshes itself. Uh, all of that's built into our socioeconomic impact model, which I talked about in our last podcast, um, where we are constantly trying to uh, reiterate and improve our, our, our way of how we predict impact. Um, so we, we're constantly getting new feedback in, we're, we're adjusting the model, we get new feedback in, we're adjusting the model. And that's what makes it such a strong, strong way of, of doing business. So you have your social justice army out on the streets, which is very important, or socioeconomic army. One thing I like that what you guys do is the constant refreshing of data, because most people will just go out to one area or one community once or twice and say, we're, we're done, we're sufficient, we got it. This is constantly evolving. The, the data is going to constantly be changing. There's going to be more at some stage or less at some stage, depending on whether the attention is in that community or not. That's another thing I like um, your opinion on is certain communities, they'll get like a burst of attention and then it'll all go away. And then maybe, you know, the neighboring company, uh, neighboring community will get a burst of attention and then it'll all go away. We need consistency. It can't just be the, the community du jour. Yeah, I think what it comes down again, we can go back to this whole socioeconomic model. We look at relationship building as a key indicator of whether, you know, impact really is sustainable. So, again, yeah. you have people come to the community, they develop a very uh, almost superficial relationship in many cases, yeah. um, and then they go away. And so just like, you know, you or your friends, you may have had friends in college and and, uh, you know, they were good buddies of yours and. And, and then you have to talk to them in, in, in six years. You probably don't know those folks very well. 
Uh, and so to imply that, you know, you can you can you create all this impact and you really don't you haven't visited them. You haven't talked to them recently. Um, it's, it's very dangerous to make that uh, to apply that. So again, going back to having that frequency, right? We look at things such as the frequency in which you're engaging with people in those communities. Uh, if you're engaging with people in those communities on a frequent basis, they're more than well. They're, they, they'll they'll talk about you. They'll bring you up in conversations. They'll say, "Yeah, these yeah. guys are doing a great job." If you're not, you did it a couple of years ago. People have got short memories. Uh, they forget, and and I would say a lot of times it's very difficult to really, you know, the state that you're making an impact. Uh, if you haven't checked up on. Oh, totally. I mean, the consistency is key and, con you know, and I'm glad you brought up like the, the friends from college because we all had our best friends in college that we saw every single day. And 20 years later, you're like, I don't even know what they're up to. And that is very common. Um, so the consistency is key. Are you looking for more zip code agents to, to you know, basically be your army? We are um, specifically we're looking for this for uh, zip code agents and we call disadvantaged communities. Um, you know, disadvantaged communities is a term that folks utilize to, to talk about communities that are in need. A lot of times they've been under under invested in. Uh, they may be in rural areas. They may be in urban areas. Uh, and rather than, again, specifically look at cities as a whole, we look at specific zip codes because we know we understand that certain zip codes or certain areas within you know these larger metropolitan areas sometimes are specifically what we're targeting. We're not talking talk, talking about targeting the parts of the city that are, are, are doing well and and, and are, are people are investing in those those areas and there's plenty of jobs. We're talking about the areas that are um, not being invested in, right? Yeah. I mean, finding opportunities where we can. Uh, identify socioeconomic value that makes it more attractive for companies to come into those spaces and invest in in, in hiring those communities. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, again, uh, we're looking for people in those types of areas that um, are looking for jobs, or you know, looking for uh, you know cleaner environments, or looking for you know just having a, a better way of life. Um, and so. We, we kind of look at it, it, not just the, all zip codes, specifically on the disadvantaged side as well. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's important to point out the most disadvantaged communities are the ones that had the higher pollution rates and exposures. So it is important that these renewable energy resources and the funding go into these areas and not the normal players that we usually see. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I didn't grow up uh, in rural America. I grew up in, in Hampton, Virginia, a pretty diverse city. Uh, in the 80s. And and I had an opportunity to uh, work in the agriculture industry for about six and a half years. Um, learned a lot about rural America, spent a lot of time in Iowa and in Kansas and the Dakotas. And you can see me smiling because those were some of the most phenomenal years that really shaped who I am. And I can tell you that there's disadvantaged communities everywhere. Right. right? I think sometimes there's this, this perception that these are, you know, uh, you know, crime infested areas, uh, there, you know, drug infested areas. I think truthfully, they're all parts of the United States have these areas. Um, and so I want to make sure that we highlight those areas and bring opportunities specific to those areas. Sometimes we hear about companies who are uh, creating jobs and I always say where, uh, because uh, the, everyone claims they created 5,000 jobs last year. And, um, and then you go to those communities and, and there aren't any jobs. Uh, yeah. And it kind of goes back to bringing that clarity uh, and bringing, uh, you know, an honest conversation that when we state that we're creating an impact, 
that we are actually, you know, creating, we, we can identify uh, where the impact is truly happening. Because I think the impression is that when people do charity, charitable events and they do these kind of philanthropic efforts, that they're, they're, they're serving this certain audience of folks. Uh, it, it does happen occasionally, but uh, in many occasions, it's, it's not fully the full story. Yeah, actually, um, I've only dabbled in um, charitable events a couple of times, and I was a little surprised at how much is actually, you you know, of the funds that come in, how much is actually used to pay for the event, because I had to have it at a glamorous hotel with the best food, and I thought, ah, oh, that's kind of distracting. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, going back to like how we as Navigating Gray bring value, um, you know, we're a for-profit, we're not a non-profit organization. Yeah. Um, so when we work with clients, we're specifically focused on driving impact in a very efficient manner, not to say nonprofits are inefficient, but we are really monitoring every dime, how it's being utilized, how it's like, how it's bringing benefits like a normal business would. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause we're, we're, we're a for-profit business. We have to manage it in that, in that mindset. We're a, a, we're managing as a business. Um, we have goals and objectives to meet for that client. Um, we are, uh, uh, you know, we have financial, we have technical people, we've got, you know, the full system of people trying to execute on these projects. Um, so it's, it's a little bit different uh, mindset almost uh, because we're uh, being a for profit business. We're trying to optimize, you know, optimize every single component of it. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, you want to keep your clients happy. And that is the most important factor is if your clients are unhappy being for profit that doesn't work out too well so being the most efficient and the best service possible is the way to go and uh with the added benefit of just helping everybody i mean it comes down to just helping everyone sure um so with people that maybe want to join navigating gray how would they find you so uh you can easily find me right now on linkedin we're getting ready to launch our facebook page here shortly ah. uh, specifically you know we recognize that linkedin is, is definitely more targeted for professional uh, kind of professional audience, uh, which is very much in, in line with our great consultants. Um, we've got people, you know, who want to be great consultants who are on Facebook as well. So we're trying to kind of uh, get over to that platform. But a lot of the folks that we find, you know, in these spaces are on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on TikTok. Um, and we believe that's a, a untapped area for, for yeah. trying to, you know, get people uh, to come work for the company and come do some, you know, make some extra money. So we're going to start using uh, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok a little bit, a little bit more aggressively. Very good platforms, especially for reaching the general public. LinkedIn is a fabulous platform, but is generally for professionals, business people. And we are trying to reach everyone. <laughs> yeah. And I think it goes back to uh, we kind of hinted at it on our call yesterday around um, jargon. Yeah. Right. In, in, in certain spaces, people are more affluent on certain jargons around these things. Um, one of the biggest benefits of having zip code agents is they bring that feedback and say, hey, uh, you're using this, this great jargon with us about sustainability and ESG and social impact. We don't know what that that, does, that doesn't exist yeah. uh, in many and in many circles. And so, um, you know, we recognize that we've got to adjust our, our content, our, our tone, our our language a little bit to make sure we're we're resonating with with all populations, whether in rural America or in urban America, whether in Facebook, whether in LinkedIn, we've got to adjust that a little bit to make sure we can resonate. 
Yeah, and it's important that people understand when we talk about different communities and different jargon, if I, I'm on the West Coast, Irving's on the East Coast, people are going to have different understandings of different words, different acronyms, and we are trying to address that by, well, I always tell people speak simply, speak, speak clearly. But also, if there is a way to explain to people what certain jargon means. If we talk about social impact, we will explain what that means. If we talk about sustainability, we will explain what that means. Because everyone's going to have a different perception of the language. Yeah, and I, I think uh, having the whole concept of, of why we utilize zip code agents, not only gather uh, feedback from these communities and provide us evidence, um, they serve an interesting purpose as well because they... They serve as, hey, there's, there's people in the community who are actively trying to get the voice and opinions out of what's going on as communities from a sustainability and social impact space. Like there's now people, phys there's physical uh, people there. Not to say there weren't before, but there's a consistent uh, uh, person there who's trying to get out there and, and just gather that insight. Absolutely. And getting, I mean, I just love calling it your army. <laughs> Because it is, it is a force, you know, you are creating something that no one else has done is that, you know, boots on the ground collecting data. Um, so again, you know, I'll, I could prattle on about this forever. But <laughs> um, Irving, thank you so much for your time today. And what you're doing with navigating gray with the fractional employees with helping people with getting zip code agents finding that regional community specific data is extremely important. So thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you. And guys, I'm Wendy Nystrom, your host with Environmental Social Justice. Check out Navigating Gray. Contact Irving. Find him. He's easily found on LinkedIn. Become a zip code agent and start collecting that data and help your community out. We'll talk to you later. Bye.